What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Unreal Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Wood, a.k.a. the Unreal Devin Wood. It's been a solid month since I've gotten on here, but I'm back for the time being before I take another month-long break. But anyway, I'm here with my friend, Rebecca. Hi. Um, unfortunately, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, this is it's interesting because I have a couple of topics that we're going to talk about that her and I strongly disagree on or have different viewpoints of and we're gonna have a little debate on today's episode so we'll, we're gonna start with one of my favorite things to debate because i seem to be one of the only people who feels this way is uh the topic of marriage now the way that i feel about it it's not necessarily that i'm anti-marriage it's not to say that i never would get married but I just don't view marriage the same way that a lot of other people view it. And I also think that marriage itself and what it represents, what it's all about and all that, today is far different than it was like 40, 50 years ago. I think most people, within the last 20, 30 years, the divorce rates have, I would imagine, have skyrocketed. I don't have the evidence in front of me to support that, but I would imagine it's skyrocketed. I mean, if you think about it, most of our grandparents are still together. They've been together for like anywhere from 40 to 60 to, you know, whatever plus years. And it's just not, I don't think it's that way anymore. I think that culture and, and sex and love and marriage and everything is, has taken a much different turn. And <clears throat> I personally feel like it's not its not to say that it's just a piece of paper, but in essence, as far as I'm concerned, it is. Like I, The way that I view it, marriage does not in any way signify, uh, enhance, represent the level of love you have for a person at, at least i don't think so like being married doesn't increase your love it doesn't make you love somebody anymore um you know i think that whatever relationship you share and the connection that you have is going to exist whether or not you're married that's how i feel now how you feel about it would be what well i think getting married to somebody or saying that it doesn't I think that if you're willing to commit yourself to one person for the rest of your life, that does, like, say that you love them. That does say that you you love them enough to get married to them, to commit to them only. Mind you, I am divorced, so I know that divorce rates are pretty high right now, but also people are marrying people way too quick. I think that it's really important to get to know somebody first. But I don't know. I could never be with somebody who says, hey, I never want to get married. I just want to be together for the rest of our lives. Like, I would want that commitment level at some point. I would want to go into that commitment level. So, all right, let me pose this question to you then. So, do you feel like you don't think somebody can still have that same level of commitment to you and the relationship without marriage? You think that... You can, but but somebody saying like, hey, like I want to be with you for the rest of my life. I want to make this official. I want to get married to you. I want to commit myself to you forever. That, to me, is... I mean, that is an act of love. Okay, so if we if but you just take like, away just like living with somebody for the rest of your life and being like, hey, this is my significant other. Like, what do you call them? At eighty years you, old, that's you guys are married and you've been together for fifty years. What do you call them? That's funny because every time I tell somebody how I feel about that, they say, well, what would you call the person if you don't? If you're not going to call them your wife, I would call them by their name. Like, let's just say we'll go with Amy, the hypothetical Amy. If I was with a woman named Amy and they said, oh, who's this? Or if I'm introducing her, I'd say, this is Amy. That's it. This yeah. is Amy. This what is, is the person. This is, is my life you? life partner. My this significant is my life other partner. If somebody ever said, if you, if your main grab for marriage is simply because the word wife or husband sounds better than significant other, or or whatever, then that that to me is not definitely not what's going to convince me if to change my mind. That's for sure. At eighty years old, somebody looked at me and said, "Hey, this is Rebecca, my life partner." They would get the death stare from me. Like that, I'm your life partner. That's I've been with because, you for yes, 40 well, a, years, and a, I'm not considered your wife. Aesthetically, the word husband or wife obviously sounds better. It sounds more appealing. But, like, oh, let me ask you this. Okay, when you get married, does it in any way change the relationship? Other than the fact that you have now have a ring, a new title, and a, and a legally binding contract is what it really what it no, is. No, and you know what? It didn't change anything between me and my ex-husband, but me and him were were not ever I mean that marriage should have never happened, but I do know that when things were starting to like when we first got married, it was for us it felt very legit. It felt very 
like solid. Like there was no, Hey, I'm going to break up with you. I'm going to walk out. Like, no, like when you're married, it's forever. Well, in most cases it's forever. And I don't know. It just, it just, it says like, I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to make this official. Everybody's going to know like, you're my wife. I'm your husband. We're in love. We're going to be together for like, it's sort of, I guess like for you though, you don't see that aspect of it because you're not a very like religious person, but I am. But in religion, you're basically saying that you're going to spend eternity together by binding each other in yeah, this life. Like, <clears throat> a, few, a few side notes is a religion doesn't in, in any way at all factor into my thoughts about this. Cause I'm not a religious person. So, so there's that. So my thought process isn't, you know, propelled by any religious beliefs. So I'll put that out there. Also, another side note is that I'm not, I'm not saying I never would get married and I'm not anti-marriage. It just, I don't have the same, it doesn't, mean the same thing to me as it does to other people now if i end up with somebody who feels the same way i promise you we're never gonna get married if i end up with somebody who genuinely values marriage to the point where me marrying her would make her happy not because i and i wouldn't i wouldn't do it because i feel like i need you i would do it because i feel like this is something that, that would make this person very happy it's not an obligation but rather something i'm doing just to make this person feel feel happier then i would probably do it i'm not anti-marriage but I definitely am not pressing the issue and, and I'm not going to, I'm not the type of person who's going to say like, well, we're going to get married one day. I'm going to say, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And it's interesting because you made a post about it to see if people agreed with you or me on it. And <clears throat> a lot of, I, I had the argument of what happens when, when divorce happens. And some people were like, oh, it seems like you're more focused on the divorce than anything else it seems like you're scared of getting divorced not at all that's not the case but i'm an incredibly realistic person i know that first of all and we had this discussion last week is that the person you marry may not be that same person 5 10 15 years down the road and even and a friend of mine his his family member just recently went through it and it's something that that you could be with somebody for your entire life and one day they could be a different person that's entirely possible and realistic it's and there's also the realistic possibility that people just fall out of love. It's unfortunate, but possible. And divorce is a money grab for people who fall out of love. As if falling out of love is not bad enough, now you have to deal with legal documentation. That, that's just, that's an issue. And, and I'm not saying, she's looking at me like yeah, a fucking death stare right now. Because when I got divorced, there was no money involved. There was nothing. We just agreed. I had custody of the kids. He got to, He gets to see them on the weekends. There was no money involved. There are some people though that out of really all go, the percentage of divorces, yeah, especially those involving kids, really how many do you do. think go that smoothly? Okay, though? I'm guessing not a lot, but yeah. I'm saying that for me, I mean, it was just I was very realistic. We were not meant to be together, and I didn't want anything from him. Also, I didn't want anything from him. Um, you know, and we just agreed. Like I took custody of the kids. He sees them on the weekends. The end. There's no money involved. Nothing. But you really are so focused on what happens if I get married and one day, you know, 30 years from now, I wake up in that person. But that's the point of marriage. Is it's not easy. It's not easy to be with one person for the rest of your life. It's no, not, I, I know no matter, that. Like even if you're not married, it's not easy to do. But that's the point of loving somebody. Is that even on your bad days, even on the days where it's really hard to love them, you still work through it and you figure it out. So there's always going to be a rough patch in any marriage. But the point of, I guess, being married and, and having that commitment of I'm going to be with you forever is that even at those like points in life where you feel like, hey, like I'm not really like I'm not feeling this anymore. You work through it and you stay with that person because you're married and you vowed to be with them forever. I, <clears throat> I get that. But. And I get that for some people, being married would be a more of a motivating force to fight for that person. But to me, it wouldn't make a difference. However much I'm willing to fight for you and the relationship is going to be exactly the same. And it wouldn't it wouldn't be better and it wouldn't waver based on the fact that we were married. If I'm going to fight for the relationship, I'm going to do that because I value the relationship, not because it's my wife. I wouldn't it wouldn't in any way make me want to fight for it more. I can get that for some people. It's a lot easier to be like, <clears throat> you know, I'm fighting for my marriage rather than I'm fighting for my girlfriend. But for me, you could be my girlfriend, you could be my wife. If I care about the relationship and I'm going to fight for it, I'm going to do so regardless of what the circumstances of our relationship is. It's not going to change it. And I'm not focused on divorce. It's just, it, it's a sure. fact, it's a contributing <laughs> factor to my decision. It's not even, it's not even at the top of my list at all. 
the, the thing that's at the top of my list of why I don't want to get married is because, to, again, it's just how I view marriage. I don't value it. To me, I don't need a woman to commit to me legally because that's what that's really what it is. Other, again, other than religious purposes, which, again, does not factor into my decision. What is marriage but a legal agreement? If you take out the religious aspect, okay, yeah. It, if you take out the religious, yeah, legal it agreement? is. It is a legal agreement, but it's also saying, like I said, it's saying I love you enough to be with you and commit to you for the rest of my life, like forever. It's going to be me and you. And also, when it comes to dating and stuff, it's really easy to walk away from somebody if you're just dating them. It's not as easy to do when you're married. When you're married, you, I know for me, like I can speak from my personal experience. At the end, I did fight. I did fight a little bit harder than I did for any of my like ex-boyfriends that I've had. I've, I fought a little bit harder because I was already married. Like I was married. Like I made, I made a vow to be with this man forever. Obviously, but it didn't see work, what you but, like, I did, but I did fight for it a little bit at the end, and so did he. And then we just were like, "What are we like? This isn't working. Like, what's what the point? you just said though is exactly is exactly a part of my argument. It's that. You weren't necessarily fighting because you love the person. You were fighting because you were married. Well, because what you just said is that you were fighting because you were married. Like to get to the point of marriage, you have to at some point have had some love for that person. Like you don't just go out and get married. Oh no, I agree. But your but your mind. Yeah. So when you're when you're married though, and you're coming to the end, and you realize, okay, like I'm I'm at a crossroads here. It's either fight or leave, like and get a divorce. It's one or the other. When you are at that point, you think to yourself, what did I do to get here? Like, how did I get, how did I get to the point where I am married to this person? And you remember all the good stuff and you try to fight a little bit more. When it comes to a relationship though. That's a, that to me sounds like a problem though, because you're, you're remembering only the good aspects and that's taking precedence over, over reality. And the fact that the marriage has gone to shit and that it probably should end instead though. And naturally when you, when you've loved somebody at any point in time, it's very easy to remember them and their best moments and the best parts of them. It's very easy. And it's also easier to do that than to accept the fact that this person is not the person you once knew or the person that they once were. That's, that's, it's easier to do that, but like you just said, like you're, it's almost like you're more fighting for the fact that you're married rather than fighting for the person themselves. And let's just say you get in that situation and you're somebody who doesn't want to fight. You just simply, you're, you fall out of love with this person. It's unfortunate, but it's reality. It's not necessarily anybody's fault, but you're not in love anymore, but you stay together simply because you're married. You're only hurting yourselves and each other. That's when you obviously situations like that. And that's when, when you say things like, Oh, our grandparents and blah, blah, blah. Like they're all together to this day. They lived in a time in a time period where nobody talked about problems. Nobody, you know, overstepped boundaries. Nobody was like, Hey, I'm in a toxic relationship. I'm going to leave. Domestic violence wasn't really that serious back then. Like, so things that happened, they put up with it because that's their generation. They, in our generation, we're more vocal when something is going on in a relationship, when there's domestic violence, when there's, you know, some, some type of toxic issues, situation, whatever, we all get up and leave. Like, we're way more vocal than our grandparents were, than our great-grandparents were. They all just shut up and took it. We don't. So that's the difference. I think that's why divorce rates are up so high. It's because I think this generation is just like, you know, if I'm in a relationship and it's bad, it's bad at some point, I'm going to leave. Right. And like would that, that not and be... So would I'm it not going to sit be, here and shut my mouth and take it. I'm going to leave. Would it not be less messy to do so while not being legally bound. That's why I would never, at this point in my life, I would never jump into a marriage with somebody who I knew I I had problems with. Like, I would right, never but what I'm saying go is, off. And, like, any of the people that I, I dated, I would never go off you and can get married. You can get married to somebody, and they could be the fucking best thing since sliced bread. You could have known them for 10 years, been together for five, and you finally tie the knot. And 10, 15, 20 years down the road from then, it's it might not be the same there is no possible way to foresee those things no there isn't There's but no that's way. why it's but, important to get to know who right you're but it's, be, it's who like you're i said though, but do, it doesn't matter how much you know the person because like i said there's no way to foresee how you or them or anybody will be 
years down the road. And you could be the you could be a different person. You could be the problem. Though. You could be the reason the marriage isn't working. Let's talk about it from a different aspect because a lot of this conversation is thinking from the standpoint of what if this person doesn't want to be with me anymore, or if they did me wrong, or if the situation is not good for me. But let's flip that. What if you're the one who fell out of love? Yeah, and you know, or I, you're the one who became a different person based on outside circumstances, whatever's happening in your life, and it's not good for that person. Don't you think it would be more fair and and easier and healthier and less messy? For somebody to just say, look, we've been together for 15 years, but unfortunately we fell out of love, or you're different, I'm different. Whatever the whatever the reason behind mm-hmm. not being together is, it would be so much easier to say, look, that happened, like, we're going to go our separate ways. But, you know, instead it's like if you're legally bound, there's a legal process. Think about that. Really think about the fact that to in order to officially be out of love with somebody, you have to go through legal proceedings. That... To me, is ridiculous, and I, I always think about no, this. No, it's that—that's just the divorce aspect. That's what I'm saying. Though. I'm talking about if, that's a feeling that you have from that point on. Yeah, that but has nothing okay, to so do you, okay, with legally binding. As somebody. much as you value marriage, if you're st- so, let's say you can't get divorced because of financial reasons, or let's just say you just haven't gone through the process yet. I know people. My my mother and father are, are still technically married, and they haven't been together, and I don't know how long. But let's just say you're with somebody still. You haven't gotten divorced for for A, B, or C. And then you meet somebody else who values marriage the same way that you do, or who just wants to be with somebody forever, but they have a problem with the fact that you're still legally married to somebody else. Which has happened. I was I was dating when I was still married to my ex husband, like, but nobody cared because they knew that I was in the process of the legal proceedings of getting out of that. It's not like I was right, but with I'm not. I'm not talking day. about being. I'm talking and about. He was. He's. In, he was actually. He was dating his fiance while he was in the middle of divorcing me. So like we had people that were okay with it, like nobody really. Right, cared. but like I said, you have you have to think on a on a uh, on a bigger scope though. It's not always going to be the way that it happened with you because a you were in the process, and I'm talking about when you're not in the process. I'm talking about people who haven't even begun the process yet because of whatever reasons. And Can b I- I'm talking about people who who do have an issue with it, not people that you've come across who coincidentally did not. I'm talking about people who would have an issue with it. It would be easier. I all right. I think of this this Dane Cook stand up all the time, and he said the funniest thing. And it, it's so relevant to this argument. He said, adults can never just say like, hey, look, it's been a good five years, uh, but we're fucking done here. You go that way. I'll go this way. And then he said, no, instead, it's like, you know what? I'm going to stick around for five years and fight you. And then it's going to end ugly. And it's like that's it was so funny the way that he said it. But it's so fucking true because it's like how many times for whatever reason, like you said, whether we get caught up in what how the person used to be or whatever the case is, like we, we can't just say to each other, look each other in the eye and say, look this is this is done you go that way i'll go that way that would be ideal but it, it's all it's naturally impossible to do so when you're married you said something a couple of minutes ago that kind of stuck with me you said that sometimes you might be the problem that i think that it's if you want to fight for somebody or something i think it's really important to admit when you are the toxic person because sometimes it's really not the other person like sometimes it really is you you're the reason why things are falling apart in those situations, if you're able to come to an agreement, though, that you can change your ways and you can figure something out, that's when you can fight for it. And you can do that without being married. But, you, oh my God, I guess. but Right I, or wrong, I you think, can do yeah, that without can, being married. I guess married. that marriage Everything... is just what you, I guess that if you want to get married, it's really just something that, it's just a personal let me ask preference. You, let me ask you this, and oh, real quick, and I'm not even joking about this, The my only, like, Real, the only real thing that would make me want to get married is literally like the, the biggest bonus of being married to me is that in court you don't have to testify against your spouse. No, and you if make, we get into some shit, no, you, and you don't make have to medical testify decisions. Me. You make me- like there, if so, like for instance, like if I was still married to my ex husband and I got into some horrible car crash and I was on life support, he would be able to tell them to take me off or on, and he knows how I already yes, feel. Yes, there about are that. there are some advantages. I'm not I'm not denying that, but let me all right. Let me ask you this though. Anything you can, any circumstance you can imagine that would come about in a relationship, whether it's fighting or something good, anything like that, does, is there any circumstance where marriage would make something better than if you were just together? No. But are there circumstances, though, where marriage can make things worse if you, yeah, marriage can make it because sometimes, like, I, I know a handful of men who personally, like, they want, they love the idea of getting married, but the thought of, of like legally binding themselves to somebody 
almost feels like suffocating to them. Like it, it makes them feel like they're being trapped or backed into a corner, even though there's nothing wrong on, on the girl's part. They just personally feel like, you know, like it, when I get married, like that's it. Like my life's over. I'm literally just tied to this person. And, and to some degree, like I understand that, but I don't know. I, I just, I think marriage is a personal preference. I think that you personally, you don't care. I do though. Like I, I know that whoever I end up with at some point in my life, whether it's two years from now or 30 years from now, I would like to marry them. And that's why I would like to have a legit um... ceremony, like happy ending marriage. Like I would like to down the road be like, Hey, I've been with my husband for 40 years and I love him or whoever I end up with. And that's why this is not, this is not a right versus wrong debate. This is just a, I think versus you think thing. It's not like there's a, a right or wrong answer. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like I would be suffocated. This this is the this is the foundation of my decision here. It's very simple. Is that I do, it's it's a big life change mm-hmm. and I don't have enough reason to make that life change at the moment. Yeah. Therefore, if I'm with somebody and they feel the same way and they feel like, you know what, it's not that big of a deal to me, then it's not gonna happen. Not because we're anti marriage, not because I don't want to feel suffocated, but because it's a big life change that's not necessary to me. If it's necessary to the person I'm with, or if they're if they're somehow down the road comes a, a circumstance where I feel like it's necessary, then I would change my mind. But for, but for right now, and like I said, if I come across somebody who feels the same way, then there's just there isn't a need for it. And a lot of people feel like it's necessary. It seems like you feel that way, and that's not wrong. I'm just not one of those people. So that being said, if I don't feel like it's necessary and it's a big life change, yeah, like I don't think it's I'm a not matter. Do it. I don't think it's a matter of like life or death. Like you know, I I just personally know that if somebody, if I was dating somebody and they said, "Hey, I never want to get married. I just want to be together forever," I'm I would probably walk away at that point. I would either tell them like, "Listen, like I value marriage and I would like to do it at some point," and if they still didn't like really care about it, I would walk away. Because I don't want to wake up at 70 years old and be like, hey, this is my boyfriend. What? Or this is my girl, whatever. Like, I want to wake up at 70 and be like, hey, this is my marriage life partner. Like, <laughs> I said life partner. I would yeah, never, life partner. I would never call my significant other my well, life partner. I would, I would say this is the person that I am married to, that I love, that... I'm going to be with forever, and even after this lifetime, I'm going to be with them because we are legally binding, even though I know that you don't care about the religious aspect, but I do. That's and I fine. know that when I die, I would like to go up there and find the person that I married. That's fine. And when I'm 70, I'm going to roll over in the morning and <laughs> wipe the crust out of her wrinkly eyes and say, you my shorty for life. That's what I'm going to say. Um, okay. Next, this is going to be more more of me listening because I this is something that we don't necessarily disagree on, but I can't relate to it. And it's the aspect of and I've talked about it on this podcast so many times and I have a lot of insight, I think for somebody who hasn't necessarily I mean, we've all done it. We've all gone we've all like repeated the process with a person. We've all beat the dead horse. We've gone back to somebody who who just wasn't good or it was a waste of time or whatever the case may be. But and without, we're not going to get too much into detail, but to put it quite simply, you have been through far more intense uh, yeah. things than I have. I like the worst thing I would say probably that a woman has done to me was just simply not being able to admit that she didn't want to be with me and instead kept me on what I call the hook, which is when you don't tell a person you'll never be with them, but at the same time, you're not going to commit. They're on the hook. I was, I was stuck on the hook. That's probably the worst thing that a woman has done to me now again we won't get into detail but i i will i co-sign this fact to everybody listening right now is that it's he's definitely <laughs> experienced far crazier shit than i have yeah. on any level and i and i always from an outside looking in perspective i always think to myself like how it seems like your scenarios should be easier to walk away from because it's more blatantly obvious that it's not okay like for me it might have been, in a sense, more difficult to walk away because it wasn't bad enough to push me away because it was like, eh, well, it ain't really affecting my mental health. It's not really hurting me. Like, it's an, it's more of an annoyance. It's more of something that agitates me as opposed to something that's actually destructive to my physical or mental health. So you would think, and obviously it's not the case, but you would think that, like, something that's more that's more dangerous to be in it would be easier to walk away because it's more clear that it's not a safe situation it's not an okay situation but 
in fact, it seems to be the opposite. And I would like for you to give some insight on on why it's so hard to walk away from the situations that are the easiest to recognize that you should walk away from. I think that when it comes to being with a toxic person, I don't know. You know, I'm somebody that really hates change. I hate change. I really hate having to get to know somebody new and having to go through that whole... And I told you this last night. I hate having to repeat the process of getting to know somebody and opening up to them and telling them all the things that I've already said to somebody else. And I, I'm very like set on the people in my life. Like I, so I have like this revolving door. Well, and I they've think, been shut I now, think, but <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. But I, and I think 95% of people would agree with that. It's, and I would agree with it too, is that it's get, getting to know people and, and letting people get to know you as is an exhausting process, mm-hmm. whether it's making new friends or forming new relationships. It's exhausting because you, you have to, and especially the older you get, the more that you go through, that's more information that you have to share. It's, it's different being 10 years old than fucking talking about, you know, what the shit you did when you were five versus being in your twenties, thirties, forties and having to tell a person half a lifetime worth of things that you've been through. It's, ex- it's exhausting. So I think most it people is. would agree there. And I, and I think that's a big driving force behind why a lot of people do it because it's just, it's just easier, you know? And it's like, and I, I always use like the car analogy. It's like, it's easier if you've got a car that's beat down and broke down, but you've had it for 10 years, you know what you've got, you know, you know, it's a piece of shit, but you know what you've got, you know, how far you're going to get on a full tank of gas, you know, when to turn the wheel the right way, you know, how long shit's going to last for a new car is presumably better it's it's newer it's gonna get you further for longer but you don't know about it and it's hard to get to know all those same things about the new car it's so much easier to stick with what you got because of what you know and because we find comfort in what's familiar that that right there is my problem that right there and i think that that's a problem for a lot of people is that we find so much comfort in the things that we are familiar with and the things that we've known for so long and we're too scared to jump into the unknown and get away from that comfort zone like you know for i I don't i have so like what i was saying i have like a revolving door with the same three people over the last five years of my life they've been shut thank god but like it took me five years to finally say no. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this ever again. And I know for me, it was, you know, when I get to know somebody new, like say for instance, me and you fall out, we never talk again. When I go and when I text you something funny, I know how you're going to respond. I know the ways you're going to respond. When I go and I say that to somebody new that I've never known, they're probably going to respond a little bit differently. And it, for me is like, I'm so used to one thing and now I have to get used to this other person and how they respond and how they talk and how they, they think things are funny. And that to me is exhausting. I hate it. What I know is what I know. I like it. And I like to stay with that or I did like to stay with that. And another thing too, is, you know, I'm, I'm so comfortable and I, I try to see the good in everybody. So when somebody for me becomes, you know, too toxic and, and too, whatever. And the situation is getting like progressively worse. I tend to hold on to like the good parts of them and be like, all right, well, this isn't who I met, you know, two years ago. This is not who I was with two years ago or who I was around two years ago. And I know that person's still in there somewhere. Let me try to find it. And I'll sit here and I'll take it and I'll take it and I'll take it no matter what it is until I finally realize like that person's never coming out again because that's not who they are anymore. Now they're very you know, evil or toxic or whatever it is. And I need to, I need to leave, but I have a really hard time with like, for instance, my ex-husband, I was with him for about three and a half years and we went through some awful stuff, really awful things on his part, really awful things on my part. Cause I, I mean, I really can't sit here and say that it was all him. Cause you know that there are things that I did that obviously you wouldn't do if you were with somebody. Ac- accountability folks. Yeah. So <laughs> whatever, you know, like there are, there are different parts of it, but I know that, some of the things that he did to me, if I, if I told other people that those things, they would have said, okay, well that would have been my walking away point. But I was so familiar with him and I was like, no, I, cause I don't think that's him. That's not him. That's not him. Now, you know, he's much different than me and him. were just like not good together. I mean, we were two like bombs ready to go off. So very different people. You know what I, you know what I think is so funny? We never, no one in the fucking history of the planet 
ever, when friends and family are telling you this person is no good, no, no one other than yourself can make you come to that realization. Yeah, because nobody, nobody did. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's it's everybody, and I. It's all about looking out for people. But like realistically, ninety nine percent of the time, if everybody's telling us, and I and I'll use the analogy that I used yesterday. It's like the it's like the thing where the stove is hot. Like if if a hundred people are telling you, the fucking stove is hot. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna in these situations. You don't want. You don't think the stove is hot until you put your hand on the stove, and then you say, "Oh shit, it's hot." You have to come to that realization yourself. And sometimes, like I was saying to you last night, sometimes just figuring out that the stove is hot is not enough. These situations that last years until you come to the realization. Sometimes it's putting your hand on the stove, but seeing how how much can it burn you? How bright can the flame burn? How hot can it get? Like, sometimes you don't just stop. Sometimes people say, you know what? Everybody told me that, but I put my hand on the stove. It was hot. I pulled back, and I'm out of here. Sometimes people keep their hand on the stove until there's fucking practically nothing left. And I think that that was what happened with you. But but back to the whole getting to know somebody thing. It's the having to share so much knowledge and, and how exhausting it is to get to know somebody. It's, it's also it's a turn being off. comfortable, it's, too. Yeah. It de- which I told you. It deters you from, from doing that. But here's the thing you have to also realize, and this and it can relate to you and I. When you do get to know somebody and you get close to somebody and you become good friends and you build a relationship, it only seems exhausting when it falls apart and you look back. But realistically, in the process, it's it's seamless. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's just really, it's really just a matter of establishing uh, a sort of pattern of communication like talking to somebody more and more often and then about more and more things but if you think about it in those moments when you when when new stories come up and new information comes up about people and you share secrets and and things like that we don't think to ourselves this is exhausting it's exciting because we love getting we we as humans we love discovery we love getting to know each other and we love sharing parts of our lives with new people. We act, we really do love it. It just seems exhausting when you're not doing it. But when you're in the moment and you're in the process, it doesn't seem like it. Like it's it's one of those things where how many times have you have you met somebody and you've known them for six months and you and you're like oh my god it feels like I've known you my whole lifetime because that's how seamless it is. It's really not actually exhausting. It's only exhausting when it when it falls it's apart just... and we look back and say to ourselves, well now all that information seems useless because. This person and I don't aren't in contact anymore. It's like all these things I learned, all these things I shared, it almost seems like it was off or not because what's the point now? But realistically, it's about enjoying the process of it and appreciating the fact that even if it even if it does come to an end, it was still fun and exciting to get to know this person and for this person to get to know me when it happened. It is exciting to get to know somebody new, but I think too, it's just like I said, it's like being comfortable. So like for me, you know, those three people have seen me at my worst. They've seen me at my best. They've, they've seen me in all different aspects of life. And I found like comfort in them. I don't want to share. Like I, it took me a while to realize that it's okay to get to know somebody new and to not be like confined to these people. But for me, I, I really, I hate the process of having to let somebody into my life. Like I have a really hard time with letting people in letting people get to know me, being open about me or just like anything. And I told you that last night, you know, like I value those things so much that sharing it with other people is just not my strong point. I don't like people, you know, having like an inside look on who I am unless I really genuinely care about them and I want them to see me and I want them to know me on those kinds of levels. And for me, having to do that again with somebody else is just, it just to me is like, gives me like anxiety like I don't want to have to do that again. No, I, I understand that, but I think you're also I think you're you you need to look at it more of like a a staircase. Like it's not like the first step is the most intimate parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you have to treat it's a it's a pattern, it's a process. You have to treat it as such. You have to look at it as like okay, like to when you first get to know something like and as as fucking corny and stupid as it's going to sound, what better way is there to break ice and start conversations and get to know somebody than fucking memes? Like as funny as they are and as stupid That's as that how sounds, me and you started to be friends. <laughs> realistically, like it's a great and, and also like it's when you're in a when you're fighting with somebody, a fucking meme. You gotta have that go-to meme that you know is gonna fucking make them forget <laughs> or be okay. Like memes, seriously though, like just just funny things because here's the thing: not only is it funny, but it's it could be a segue into into a conversation about something that you know pertains to the meme or whatever but like that's just one example but i'm saying you're not gonna when you meet somebody 
you know, most people, at least, there are some people who are incredibly overly comfortable who want to share, shove their life down your throat in a week. Those people make me very Though, uncomfortable. I'm talking very about people. I, I'm, I'm not talking about <laughs> this this topic right now. It's not about those people. But for people like you, is that it's a process. Like, you're not going to There's levels of comfortability. And the yeah. ultimate level of comfort has to be attained through a process. It's not something you just leap into. It's not like one day I, you're a stranger, the next day... I've known you for 10 years. It's a process. It's also really hard, though, to find people like that. So I know, like, for me, to find somebody who I just instantly click with and I talk to nonstop and I I have, like, this great connection with, like, that, for me, is a rare thing. I'm not saying that there's, you know, like, that I don't go off and, and try to do that with people, but I'm just saying, like, in life, to come across people that you just immediately hit it off with is not a common thing. Like, you don't just walk out and go to a bar or something or go to a club and you just, like, immediately find your best friend. Like, that's just not how it works. But when you do find that, it's like, wow, like, I love this. Like, I'm never... Like, my my most recent relationship, you know, like, that's exactly how it was. Like, we hit it off right away. And, you know, we we were just, like, we were best friends. And then, you know, things happened and... That's just kind of how it, it I all agree, fell apart. But there are also, and and you may not be able to think of a specific instance right off the top of your head, but if you really sat down and thought about it, you would probably realize that these situations have happened to you more than you realize. Is that I know they do. No, no, no. They the, do. Is the, no the situation of that sometimes, sometimes uh, good friendship is a slow burn. Sometimes you don't hit off right, about, all right off the bat. There are people I know that their best friend they fucking hated them. <laughs> the day that they met them or like when they first knew them like they they there are people who hate each other who became best friends it's not always like i think it's better and it's more ideal to click right off the bat but there are situations where it's that's not necessarily going to happen and that's because it's it's all about okay so the things that make you click like the the way that somebody reacts to jokes the same way as you like there's certain things it all depends on how far into that process those things are. So if the things that make you click are things that happen in the beginning stages, like what you laugh at and the jokes you tell, sure, that's going to happen right away. But if the things that make you click or make you closer are intimate, intense life experiences that you've both experienced that you don't necessarily share with each other, but you share the understanding of those things, that might be the thing that makes you click, but you might not get that until you're, you know, so far into the relationship. And then you realize, oh my God, it's been a year. And now this person and I finally are comfortable talking about these things. And we realize we have so much in common. And that's what draws you in closer. As opposed to like, you meet somebody and within a week, you're just fucking hitting off the bat because you, you like the same jokes and you, you that kind of stuff. Like, And if you think about it, most of the things that make people click is like jokes and like, you know, yeah. enjoying, enjoying certain things, but it's very simple. It's so much easier to learn about somebody within the first week that they enjoy bowling, going to the movies and going on hikes. That's so much easier to figure out within a week of knowing somebody than it is to realize that you two have something in common that is, is something that you don't just see on the surface. Me and my ex, I just want to like specify that I am like talking about, I am talking like, so I'm, <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking about like my ex-girlfriend. Okay. So we originally, we, okay, I had no, to. I sorry, just want to like make that clear. No, um, we're, 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 we, LG, we're LGBTQ pro in here. <laughs> so we originally had clicked because we were both in relationships that we did not want to be in. That was really like our, our fact, like that was like our key into each other's life right there. And immediately, you know, it turned into like venting about it to, just talking every single day and becoming just absolute like best friends. Like that's really how it all led into that. And then over time, you know, I became so comfortable that the thought of having to do this again with somebody else really bothered me. Like it really bothered me. And, and I, you know, it just, I don't know. I I think that now I look back at it, I think it's really important. And I just want to say this because I know that you don't under, like, I know that you've never been, I'm not saying that you don't understand. I'm saying that you've never been, in a situation like this. So I get that your opinion is a lot different than mine because you've never been like knee deep in it. But I think it's like important to realize when somebody is toxic to your life and that they have that hold over you and that it's important to let it go. Because when toxic people have a hold over you, it's not as easy as, Hey, I'm going to leave and I'm just going to walk away and everything's going to be okay. People that have holds on you. I mean, it really takes all of you to walk from them 
and to actually, and to put yourself first because you're so involved with making them happy and being with them. And you're so set in those ways and you hate change and you hate this and you just want them to be who you want them to be and to work out with them. But when you finally come to that realization though, that they're toxic for your life, they may not be awful, evil people. It's just for you personally, they're too toxic to be around you. I think that there is like an empowering feeling to know, okay, that person does not have like a hold over me anymore and I'm going to walk away. What you're saying though is like you touch the stove and you keep getting burned, you keep getting burned and sometimes you have to get like burned to death basically to understand that person's not meant for you. It's not as easy when you're in a situation like that to just be like, all right, I'm done. Because how many times have me and you argued and had little fun for just FYI, <laughs> me and Devin have had we a few. fucking hate yeah, each other. Yeah, we've had a few fallouts, but <laughs> I don't think me and you are toxic to each other's lives. I think that we took space when we needed to. We didn't talk for like a month and we came back to try it again, like to try this friendship again and to not because we value it. But we aren't toxic, like we are not toxic, but to keep going back to the same person over and over again and you don't understand that. You can't understand why someone would want to go back. It's because you've never had a toxic person have a hold on you. It's really the most like draining feeling in the world. Like you really, you have to actually physically remove yourself and mentally remove yourself and battle yourself every single day to not go back and to not let them overpower you again. And you know, a lot of people lose that battle. But for me, I don't know, I guess it's taken me a few years to finally be like, no more. And I right. think I think that the, uh, the the big difference, and I'm and I'm I'm glad because it gives me it gives me a reason to um, talk about this. Is that the only way I think, at least, the only way you you can be able to walk away from the situations, and the reason that I I know for sure in my heart of hearts that I, if I was in that situation, well, the thing, I, okay, let's put it this way, it wouldn't get to that point for me because. My my level of mental health is is different than yours, and I th- yeah. and I love now I am an a- an incredible advocate for mental health awareness, and I don't struggle with mental health whatsoever. It's the thing that I pride myself on. My physical health, I don't know about all that, but my mental health is something I pride myself on. I've never um and again like I I would never lie. I've never been I've never been depressed, and I think I would say that I'm probably in a group of maybe. 10 to 20% of people. I think depression is something that so many more people have, have experienced and gone mm-hmm. through or are going through than anybody realizes. I am not in that group. And I try, and like my, for me, the way that I feel mentally, my wish is for everybody around me to attain that same level of mental health. Not saying that my mental health is ideal. There's no ideal mental health, but I don't experience depression. I'm not really sad. I get angry and upset, but like for the most part, and, and you can vouch for this, I wake up happy and go to sleep happy, and I'm happy throughout a vast majority of my day. Like, the, the things yeah. that I deal with is, like, stress from work, family, stress like that. But, like, it's stress. Stress is a natural part of life. I don't experience depression or anything like that. And I think when you are when you already have, you know, low self-esteem and you're depressed and things like that, people it's much easier for people. It's much easier for yeah. that to happen. And, it's, and people come in and they make you feel... They make you feel like shit to the point where you, you start to think that they are the only thing that you deserve. That's what that's this yeah. corner that people put you into. And I talked about on my last podcast, 276 years ago, I talked about <laughs> how like how it's crazy because like when you get so mentally warped by somebody and, and women can do it to men, too. But the example that I use was like that a man who has a woman so mentally twisted could punch her in the mouth, put a bag of ice on her lip to ice it. And she would sit there and thank him for icing her lip. Uh, you know, these people who that do is... these things will cause the problem and fix the problem, but all that you could think about is the fact they fixed it to the point where you forget that they caused it in the first place. That That is another thing that I, I think that I can... Me saying this, I think a lot of people can agree with. The hardest thing in life is to have somebody damage you and, and to really just, like, ruin you completely, and they're the only one that can fix it. And it's really hard because, you know, when you just described like my ex-boyfriend, like completely, he is somebody who will destroy your entire life and then try to fix it and be like, but look what I did. I did all these good things and I'm a good person now. Believe me, I'm, I changed and blah, blah, blah. Like, but you do, he didn't change though. He's still the same asshole he was 
you know, before he came back around and he's going to be 50 years from now. Like there's no, and, and I guess for me, I had a really hard time because all I wanted was the situation to be fixed. Like, you know, back then. And I knew that no matter what anybody said to me, no matter how many times people told me it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. The only person that I wanted to fix that or who I knew would be able to fix that was him. And I think when you're able to fix things like that without having to use the person that originally destroyed you is when you know that you're able to move on. So like for me right now, I've fixed the damage that he has done and I did that without him. And I feel like for me, that is my, that, that for me shows that I'm finally like I'm done and there is no more back and forth. There's nothing. And that for me is like a very empowering feeling. And I think that a lot of people who I, I talk to a lot of women online, sometimes men, I, I know a few guys that have been really, you know, like mind fucked by girls, but a lot of women come to me on social media and say, I can't get out. I can't get out. He does all this stuff to me. He does this, he does that. And then he comes back around, he fixes it all. Those people are still so far into it because they think that the only way they're ever going to be okay again, they're ever going to be whole again, is if they can mend their relationship. They can fix it. They can move on with them and be a better person. But there comes a time where you have to realize that you don't have you don't have to be like ju- just to be whole again, just to be happy again, to be okay again. You don't need that person. Like it's okay to move on and be happy without them. Like yesterday, I saw a girl on Twitter who was like. I'm convinced that I'm never going to find a guy that's going to treat me the way I want them to and that's going to marry me and I'm going to be miserable for life. But, like, you don't need Sounds to like play... Sounds like something you would have tweeted a couple weeks ago. I know. <laughs> but, like, you don't need to place your value of happiness. In... I, I think it's so important to never place happiness in somebody else's hands because when they walk away one day, if they do... Your whole world, your whole sense of happiness and joy and everything good in life is now with them. So without them, who are you? That's what happened with my ex-husband. When I I had been with him, and you know what? I, I just want to like make this clear now. I have no hard feelings against him because I, I, I know that I'm like talking about things that happened before. But now he's like a great part. Him and Courtney are great together. Like him and his fiance are great together. And like I just wanted to say that because I don't want people to think that I'm like talking badly but I know that for me when I was with him I I placed all of my happiness in his hands like that was it my whole world was right there so every single time me and him got into a fight or he walked away I was like great now what do I do and a lot of people do that and that's why they keep going back because their whole world everything good in it is in that other person's hands and without them who are they and that's why I think it's so important to find out who you are so you never have to give your whole your everything to somebody else so they can tell you who you are so they can tell you how to be happy they can tell you how to be good in life and all those things that way here without them you're still who you are you know who you are as a person you can still do things that you know make you happy and you can still go on in life and carry on without them and I've had to learn that the hard way over the last couple of years that my sense of happiness does not revolve around one person or the same three that seem to have this like door coming in and out of my life. Like my happiness does not revolve around them. Like I can be happy without them and it's okay. I think I've said that to you so many times. You just repeat it almost (laughs) word for word with the way I said it. I completely agree. And I've said this to you a billion times is that, someone should never make you happy. They should make you happier because that's, mm-hmm. that entails the fact that you, ha- you are your source of happiness. Or if you're not the source, you, you are able to attain the happiness wherever it comes from yeah. on your own. Somebody should make you happier or not happy that way. If you add the person, you're happier. If you subtract the person, you're happy. Yeah. Not a, as opposed to if you add the person, you're happy. If you subtract the person, you're anything you're but miserable. that. Yeah. And the thing is we all yearn for happiness. We all want to fucking be happy. It's natural. We, we want to wake up and be happy. Mm-hmm. And if, if you can't get that anywhere except for from a specific person, a you're fucked. Yeah. Like it's, it's one thing like I find, I find happiness in many different activities, but those are things that I can provide to myself at any given moment. Those are all things that are at my disposal that I don't need anyone, any other person to provide to me. If if I only got my source of happiness from another person and then that and then that person wasn't there, then there's my source of happiness. It's very simple. If if you get like you said, if you give this person the power to provide happiness, then you're screwed. And that's why I say like it's all it's, it all comes back to mental health and being 
mentally strong enough to understand that you don't need another person to provide that happiness and to understand that you can sustain happiness on your own. And then if another person comes in, like I said, it's great because they're going to make you happier. That's ideal. But if they if it happens to not work or they're not there anymore for whatever reason, you can still be happy on your own. That's that's like mm-hmm. so important because that's that's probably the biggest factor is that we allow people to have control of our happiness and we want the happiness to the point where we would we're willing to go through the ringer to get the happiness because this person has it like yeah maybe they're fucking me over maybe they're hitting me maybe they're doing this or that but at the end of the day they're the, they're the only thing that makes me happy like that's and we value happiness more than we than we do the level of pain we're experiencing and i also think another problem is you just alluded to a couple minutes ago is that when you've put a lot of time in you the, the longer you've put into it the i think the more you don't want to let it go yeah but but the it's not necessarily that more time equals more value it, it, that doesn't equate at all because you could be with somebody for 20 years and it could be absolute shit and you could be with somebody for a week and it could be it could be great but time doesn't mean anything when it comes to love yeah but and, and people are so concerned with like well you know i'm the type of person who i'm like i'm gonna cut my losses like you're gonna take losses in life and i think of it as like you know what look some people might be like, it's been 10 years, like, I don't want to let 10 years go. And the next thing you know, it's been 15, you're like, it's been 15 years. Next thing you know, you're in this fucking endless cycle for life. Me, I'm like, when I hit the five-year mark, I'm like, all right, look, it's been five years, I'm going to cut my losses. I'm going to cut it off at five, as opposed to letting it get worse. Because the truth of the matter is, when you finally realize that it's time to end it, you can't get that time back. So you have to accept that, that that's now time down the drain, in essence. You have to accept that that time is now, it's gone. You can't get that back. And you can't say, well, we've already been here for five years. I need to stick with it. Like, you need to learn to cut your losses and be like, look, it's been five years. I'm going to get out now before it turns into 10, 15, 20, 50. And I think too many people are, are like, you know, I don't want to let it go. It's been so long. Or it's, it's just, it all goes back to the, what you're familiar with, what you're comfortable with. Like, it's, you know, like, how many people do you know that have, like, a bed or a, a fucking TV or a broken chair, something that's, like, just broken that should be replaced that takes years to replace because it's just like, well, I don't know. It's just, it's been that way forever. It's just, I don't know. It's like that. Like, why why wouldn't you get a new bed? Well, I don't know. This bed's just, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping on it still. It's doing just fine. I'm still all, I'm still alive. Like, it's just, when you're comfortable and familiar with something, it's so hard to let it go. I'm that way with my fucking wallet. And I'm not even joking. If you turn around right now, my old fucking wallet is sitting <laughs> on my desk. I have a very big thing with wallets. And it's very hard for me to let go of a wallet and get a new one. And I, I, I keep I have like a graveyard of wallets. And I didn't let go of that wallet. By the time I got my new wallet, that wallet was fucking literally hanging on by thread. Like the, there were strings popping out of it. The compartments were ripped. It was like incredibly unsafe to keep any sort of money or documentation in there because it was likely going to get lost. But it was it's so hard to let go because I'm so used to it. And I was like, I had to find another wallet. I did, I'm did. i not going to do that bifold shit. I had to get a trifold one, of course, because that's what I already had. So it's like, I got to get that. Well, I got to care about the material now and I got to make sure that it's the right fucking color. And then I ordered it off Amazon. I didn't even get to see it. So that was like a risk. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just stick with it. And this is a very fucking stupid example, but it's in essence is like the same type of thing it's hard to let go of something that you're just familiar or comfortable with and i think that's kind of like the theme of this of this episode right here so with that being said unless you have any parting words i think we will cut it off there this may be i can never tell when i'm looking at it when i'm recording in garage i can never tell how long it actually is because there's no i know i was just timer. gonna say to you we should cut this there's into n- twos d- there's no I don't know what that means, but there's no... No, I mean, like, because there's two topics, and we've been doing this for, like, an hour and a half. Oh, no, I don't care about that. No, it's definitely not even been close to an hour and a half. I can promise you that. But it's it's probably been close to an hour. But, yeah, I can't tell. But anyway, I'm going to end it there, um, and we'll see. Maybe we'll do another another joint one. Maybe I will do another podcast, uh, like I said I would a month ago. But you guys know me. No promises. Anyway, uh, that is it for now, and I will talk to you guys next time. Peace.